Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode and conversation with Are Worthy for 30. I'm your host, Eric Tash. Today, I I'm very grateful to have Ken Bulau from the, the Association of National Advertisers. Uh, he leads the Center for Brand Purpose. I highly recommend that you stick around for this whole conversation. He's going to be dishing out why it's important for brands to articulate their purpose, especially coming out of the heights of the COVID-19 pandemic. So Ken, welcome to Worthy for 30. We're grateful to have you. Thank you. Appreciate you inviting me on. Excellent. And the way Ken and I were connected was fortuitous through our mutual friend and colleague, Marnie Gordon. Marnie and I go back about 10 plus years when I was working at Prestige Brands. She was she really helped us, helped me and my team really champion the ANA at Prestige Brands. So I'm really grateful for Marnie's, Marnie's friendship her, and her mentorship. And we've seen that through. And she, actually, she was the first guest of this podcast. She helped me. Yeah. She helped push me, <laughs> push me over that hump. I was a little hesitant, a little reticent, yeah. but you know, Marnie pushed me to to put pen to paper or microphone to to show. So sure. really, really happy. And episodes in, right? So Ken, the way I really like to start these conversations is understanding how you got to where you are now at the ANA in terms of leading the Center for Brand Purpose. Yeah, I can tell you, I've been in publishing now for more than 25 years. I was a reporter for quite a while. I got into custom magazines where I worked with major brands on their content programs and eventually took over the editorial and content development for the ANA. I've been with the ANA now for, I think, coming on 11 years, so quite a while. And I've been very fortunate to work on the Center for Brand Purpose. It's something I truly love. It's a space that gives me great satisfaction. And I love being able to work with brands and nonprofits and other leaders in the space. But as far as the center itself, it actually dates back about four years ago. I would say it started in a faraway land of France, <laughs> actually at, at Cannes Lions, which is the real interesting thing. Around that time, uh, there was a lot of conversation and discussions among the CMO community in particular about brand growth or lack thereof. There are many studies done that said like the average annual growth rate of Fortune 500 brands was dipping compared to 2015. It was just sliding down and down. And to some extent, a lot of these, a lot of these companies still haven't regrouped. And marketers were being held to the fire as a result of that and basically told by the CEOs to fix it. <laughs> so the ANA got together with the executives from Ken Lyons and a group of global CMOs. And they really discussed what are we going to do as an industry to move us forward and to drive that brand growth. And it led to the establishment of what they call the CMO Global Growth Council. And their mission, their task right from the get-go was to develop a growth agenda for the industry to help move it forward. And so they developed a number of priorities around that. And one of them was brand purpose. And it was pretty easy to see why, because there was example after example of purpose-led organizations that were driving exponential growth. Their consumers, their customers were saying that they had to be more purposeful. They had to make a difference in the world, make a difference to the needs of their lives and to all stakeholders, not just shareholders. And that led ultimately to the development of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose. And that's come a long way. It's, we talk about it's a central resource for all things purpose. It provides education and guidance and leadership around that. We offer tons of products and resources around that. We have events. We have a committee. We have playbooks. One that's all about talking about how to define your brand purpose. Another one about how to activate it internally and externally. Like I mentioned, the committee. We also have a magazine called Greater Good, where we showcase top brands and nonprofits that are doing great in this space. 
And we have a podcast series, which I host. And one of the things that gives me great satisfaction. And just recently, we launched an assessment tool, purpose assessment tool, where members can go on, they answer a few questions, and it basically tells them where they are on the purpose spectrum. And then based on that, we give them tips and advice of how they can move up the ladder. So that's one of the really cool things about that. Within two years of the center opening, it won a President's Award from the World Federation of Advertisers. I'm really proud of that for the impact that it's had on the industry. And now the center is part of what we call the Brands for Humanity Coalition, which I hope we can get into at some point down the road and talk a little bit about that. But we have a national conference coming up in March about how brands, how nonprofits are coming together to make a difference in the world. So when you say difference in the world, but you ask 10 people, what does brand purpose mean? You're probably going to get 10 different responses. When someone asks you, Ken, and your team at the ANA, what the, what is brand purpose? How do you define it? We define it as the reason your brand exists beyond profit, beyond making gobs of money. It's your North Star, it's your DNA, it's your ethos. It should be tied to your business strategy and it's inside and out. It's got to be rooted in everything that you do. One of the things I think that often people don't realize is that Defining this purpose is real tough sledding. It's not easy. It can take months. I know of a global brand that took a year and a half to define their purpose statement because they wanted to make sure they got it right. They wanted to make sure that it was right for all their stakeholders. It's quite often it gets confused with a mission statement. It gets confused with a vision or your corporate values. Not that those aren't important, but that's not what it is. I said, it's really your North Star has to be integral to all the stakeholders in your business. Mm-hmm. Right. And all stakeholders, it's not just a CEO saying what you were saying before, CEO going into the C-suite and say, okay, we need to be a more purposeful brand. It's no, it's how do we empower all the facets and all the individuals within this company? Again, the sum is greater than the individual parts on defining that purpose because that purpose Similar to advertising, right? Purpose are skeptical. They're, they're a little dubious when they see, okay, a brand is quote unquote being purposeful. What are they being authentically? Authentic, I know, and you probably can attest to this, is an overused word. So when a brand is defining and putting their purpose in place, how can they ensure that what they're doing is authentically received by their end consumer? First of all, there's a lot that goes into that. Certainly. And I know we're going to be talking about the key characteristics of purpose-led brands, but it really is creating a culture of purpose. If you don't have that culture, if not, you don't have that buying up and down the ladder, then you won't be able to execute against that purpose statement. It won't be authentic. And we'll see right through that facade, sniff it out, and ultimately it could damage the reputation of your brand and certainly the trustworthiness of it. So it really starts with making sure that you get everyone on board, that this constant training and reinforcement of it feels like they're bought in. Only then can you really move forward with any kind of purpose initiatives. Gotcha. And what are some things that you said a global organization that took a year and a half to develop their purpose? Can you point to a brand that consumers may know that's done a great job of articulating, putting together that purpose and and going to market with that purpose? I would say Patagonia. People Mm -hmm. tend to go right to them, but it's just no better example. Their purpose is to save planet Earth. Talk about a noble purpose. And they never have wavered from that. From the moment that company was launched, that's been their focus all along. Now, have they had missteps along the way? Yes. And they've been very transparent about that. They've never wavered from their brand purpose. The owner, Yvonne Trenard, has recently just bequeathed the company to a trust and a nonprofit. It's all about trying to fight climate change and to save the planet. So again, through all the iterations of the company and all the products they delivered, it's all gone back to 
saving planet Earth to make our to make this world a better place for their customers and for the world mm -hmm. in general. And I think that it's an incredibly noble cause because again, their founder, CEO, bequeathed billions of dollars to that trust. So again, they're fighting those existential crises like climate change, which is huge, of course. But isn't it funny? Again, I just want to bring this up, the juxtaposition of that with a lot of the chatter around the Patagonia vest being worn by Wall Street. Do you know if they ever came out on saying, okay, it's fine that the Wall Streeters who represent like, perhaps the, the upper echelon of the U.S., it's okay for them to wear those vests, as long as they understand behind that vest is that purpose of what we're, we're selling those vests to, again, that higher playing cause of, again, of saving Earth. Yeah, I don't know, quite frankly, whether Patagonia ever issued a statement around that. If they did, I'm not aware of it. But I'm sure the hope is that they're absolutely thinking about that. If you're wearing this product, it's not just because, you know, it's got this cachet. It's cool and it's hip and that everyone wants to wear that, that they understand that when they wear that Patagonia logo on the front, it means something. It goes back to their purpose. I would hope that's the case. Yeah, I hope that I absolutely hope that's the case. Okay, yeah. hey, great. You're right. We see you, but just know that those dollars that you spend on that vest is going to again a more noble cause. Exactly. Um, and just moving along, you talked about Patagonia, you know, an established brand. I would think again, I'm the layperson speaking to the listeners. Want to know when we think about purpose-driven brands, is it a misconception to think it's only those startup upstart brands that who begin their foundation or build from their foundation based on purpose or is the are there more of these legacy brands, the Pepsi's, the Cokes, who are having those meetings on trying to infuse, articulate, and then infuse and immerse their purpose through all, throughout all facets of their organizations? Yeah, I think obviously smaller brands. I can mention Seventh Generation being mm -hmm. one of them. Certainly, I think it's part of the Unilever family now. But yep. Tom's is another one. A Brooklyn Roasting Company is another one. Cheeky Panda. All these like smaller organizations, or they were at the beginning, were all built on purpose, right? All mm -hmm. launched from a foundation of purpose. And their goal right from the outset was to make a difference in people's lives, to make a difference in the planet. And purpose is, was ingrained in the business right from the get-go. I would argue that a lot of legacy brands did have a purpose. They were launched with a purpose beyond making gobs of money. And I just think over time, they may have lost their way. And that might've been a result of some tension with, with shareholders, mm -hmm. demands from shareholders to make money and maybe their purpose they, they went astray. For these brands, what we say, we always say or advise to our members that when, you know, when you've lost your way like that, to really go back to your founder's story. That's so important and learn why the brand was launched in the first place. And I guarantee it wasn't to make lots of money. It was to make a difference in the world in their own way. And that's what you have to latch onto. And for a lot of brands, that's very difficult when you have the pressures of shareholders over you. But the whole thing with purpose is that's, gonna, that's ultimately, if you're a purpose-led brand and it's consistent, it's rooted in your business, you will eventually lead to brand growth. Now, you mentioned legacy brands. I think it's, point, it's important to point out that they've made a lot of progress. I would say over the past five to 10 years in terms of being a little more purpose-driven. I'm not sure if you've heard of the consultancy Strawberry Frog. Yes. Yeah. Actually, when I was doing a preparation for our conversation, I saw they, they created an index. They uh, created a purpose power index. And for 2022, 16 of the top 20 brands were legacy brands. And they included Google and General Electric, United Healthcare, REI, USAA, sure. brands of that ilk. Uh -huh. And I would think it's proof positive that they have, have a commitment to changing, making a positive difference to society, making a difference in this world. 
and they're partaking more like with social activism, but it's making what these things that they're doing make sense for the brand in all of their stakeholders. So yeah, I'm pretty comforted by the fact that we're seeing not only smaller brands, but the large legacy brands moving in this direction. The large legacy brands. You mentioned USA. And I just, I always think about the Rob Gronkowski commercial where he stops a family. And oh, I didn't know that you're a, a veteran. I, I want to be a veteran so I can take advantage of all the benefits of being a USA member. And what's interesting is, yes, be a USA member for the specific benefits, but it's more so to your point of really helping those people, those folks who, again, who've traveled overseas to fight for the US, working with, uh, working or joining our military. So again, it's more higher plane of how do we take care of our veterans, which I think is, which yes, is that's a, it. That's their purpose. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And it comes and it comes through in all their marketing creatives. It right. always comes back to that. How are we going to help our veterans? How are we going to help our veterans? They just stay the course. Right. And, they, yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I say, and that's one of the keys to being purpose-led. Never hey, wavering hey. from that commitment. No, not wavering. Exactly. So I, I think of, as you were talking about some of those upstart brands, some of those, again, those startup brands, one brands, it's not necessarily a, it's more of a B2B to B2C brand is Shopify. So Amazon, yes, you're allowed to, uh, you buy your products through Amazon, it's e-commerce, but how Shopify has built their platform is from the ground up of how do we enable those small business owners, the, anyone who has an idea to create a storefront. And I think I don't think they waver from that. They're really helping a fuel, especially in the United States, even though it's a Canadian-based or a company. There, if in the U.S., putting that into the U.S. context, is how do we fuel the American dream? How do we allow anyone, again, who has an idea and wants to put pen to paper and really execute it against that dream or that vision and make it a reality by providing a very intuitive, very straightforward way to build an e-commerce website? I think again, that's just no, one great. example. Yeah, it's great. I think obviously they've set that standard, right? And that's been integrated throughout the organization. Everyone has bought into that. And that's why it resonates with the rest of the world. It absolutely does. And moving into those eight attributes of yeah. purpose-driven brands, as I was, again, preparing for a conversation, one thing I do recommend for the listeners, and I'll include this in the in the conversation notes, are links to the ANA, to the Center for Brand Purpose. I think it's an incredible resource. Anyone who's interested in saying, hey, I want to make sure that my company is a purpose-driven brand, or our customers are, are wanting us to take a stand in our community. A good, great first place is going to the ANA website and again, checking out the Center for Brand Purpose and all their great resources, not just white papers, not just articles, but videos, podcasts. Yes. Again, mm -hmm. we're speaking yeah. with the master here who has that, the Beyond the Profit podcast, highly recommend. So Getting into that, to that eight attributes, can you break right. that down at a high level of, oh, again, that brand sure. or that executive is looking, who's saying, hey, we need to define our brand purpose. Right. And I think there are more than eight, but I try to break it down to, to an eight that may feel, I would say, probably the most important. So I'd say first and foremost, purpose-led brands, they have a meaningful, compelling, and unique purpose statement of, you know, what it is they want to accomplish, you know, why the brand matters to the world. And as we said earlier, it's rooted in authenticity, right? It aligns with the brand's value proposition. I think that's really important. Number two, I would say that, and I just mentioned this earlier, that purpose-led brands live up to the standards that they set. The purpose is core to every aspect of the business. So whether it's you're talking about marketing, product development, innovation, or sales, or everything in between, it's all aligned around the purpose and it stands the test of time. The last thing you want to do with the purpose statement is be tweaking it. That's not to say that it can't evolve over time. And for a lot of global companies, that's what it does, but that's not what it's for. 
it's there. You leave it in place. It doesn't come with an end date. <laughs> and you have to make <laughs> and you have to make sure again that it connects with all of the stakeholders, especially, especially employees. Third, I would say that purpose-led brands have a process to manage purpose. There are even brands like Deloitte that have a chief purpose officer now. And I start you're starting to see more organizations moving in that direction. But for those that don't necessarily maybe have a chief purpose officer, they have teams with representation across the organization, a team or a team that sort of monitors and advances purpose. And they also have a system in place that really serves as like a check check and balance for any kind of missteps that may be happening. And the important thing, again, that if there is if there are missteps, if you're not as far along in the purpose journey as possible, you're transparent about what is happening right there. Consumers aren't going to ding you for you know, not necessarily getting to the end goal of your purpose initiatives right away. Mm-hmm. Just want to see progress. And if for whatever reason there isn't progress, just be open and honest about it. And you're not going to lose them as customers. Number four, I would say purpose brands, they bake purpose into the business. As I said, it's, and this is what I think some companies overlook. It has to be part of the hiring process. You got to be talking about purpose right there. You bring them on board. It's got to be part of the orientation process. Again, very critical. It has to be part of the review process too. And then there should be training programs in place. What about one-on-ones? Your weekly one-on-ones with managers or not just weekly, but monthly, whatever companies have. You should be Mm -hmm. talking about how did I personally advance the purpose for the company? Should be having those conversations. And then you have to, of course, demonstrate your actions and efforts that support the brand purpose over the course of the year. Five, I would say, buy-in. We've talked a little bit about this, about buying across the organization. So it starts with the CEO, the C-suite. It ladders up and down the organization, including all the way down to frontline staff and junior staff. But it has to be fully embraced by middle management. That middle area there is really core to Mm -hmm. making these things happen. And CEOs, they should be leading the effort. They really should. It's CEOs that say it's a marketing initiative or an HR initiative, or it should fall within CSR are wrong. It's the Everywhere. effort. Is, yeah, it's, it's 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 a full team effort, and as I said, you can have teams that sort of monitor it. Everyone has to be bought, bought into it. Six, I would say that purposeful brands empower all of their stakeholders. So we've talked about employees, we've also consumers and customers and government government agencies to some extent. Mm-hmm. Your industry partners and professionals, policymakers, those sorts of things. So it's everyone. Board of directors. For yeah, for publicly traded companies, you have sure. to get them. You have to get them to buy in too. Seventh, I would say that purpose, purposeful brands, they work with industry partners, most notably nonprofit organizations. The one thing I hear from a lot of CMOs, CMOs that I interview is that we're not experts uh, in dr- necessarily driving positive societal change. You know that they need help. I talked to one CMO from a global bank that said they work with twelve hundred nonprofit organizations. Twelve hundred. Wow. Because that's the way they can get work done. That's the way they can make an impact faster. And Mm -hmm. it gives them the credibility that they need, right? To advance, yeah, to advance their initiatives. And then last, I would say, is to measure the success of your purpose programs. This is a difficult one. Right now, we hear a lot of businesses saying they, their top measure of success is retention and acquisition of staff. And that's a good one. But I think it has to go beyond that. I think it should you should be measuring the success in your performance, year-end performance. Should it be tied to executive compensation? There are some organizations that are doing that now. So I think it has to go beyond that. And at the end of the year, you should transparently report 
on the gains that you've made, the strides that you made and where you've fallen short. Wow. It's again, a great list, a tall list, but as Ken mentioned, as I mentioned, if you want to read over and review, again, those eight attributes in terms of developing a purpose-driven brand, again, I highly recommend going to the ANA Center for Brand Purpose on the ANA website, which I'll include in the conversation notes. And Ken, the way I like to end these conversations is you mentioned organizations that are purpose-driven, some examples of both legacy and some incumbent legacy and some upstarts or startups that have, again, built their brands from the ground up based on purpose. And you mentioned some CMOs. Any CMOs that the that both myself as well as the listeners should follow who are, again, who are setting the example. Again, we're talking to marketers here and also, of course, some CEOs and some chief human resource officers, but maybe it's not just CMOs, but who are those, those individuals that we should be following who are, again, who are setting the example for brand purpose? Yeah. So I would say in addition to the ANA, obviously, and I would say the ad too, you know, that's creating these wonderful ads for the industry, mm -hmm. all of them. I would say there's an organization called Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. And it was launched several years ago by Paul Newman. Uh, purpose was near and dear to his heart. So if you want to know the top CEOs mm -hmm. that are vested into purpose, I would say certainly check out that organization. As far as CMOs go, I would say MasterCards, Rajamanar, he's just done phenomenal work with that organization. All he talks about is purpose. He's written a great book. Um, he has there's a chapter that talks about the importance of purpose. It's baked into the organization there. Same thing with Mark Pritchard. He's, he leads P&G in the, in, in the brands at P&G. He's, he's the our board of directors or the chair of our board of directors. And the work that he's done there is just incredible. So I would say those, those would be like the, the top two that you keep, you continue to hear about. But I would also say if, if you go to the ANA website, when mm -hmm. you're checking out purpose, you're going to find a lot of the smaller and mid-sized companies that are ANA members that are doing wonderful work in this space. And again, I don't know if I have time to give you an example, but one of them is Whirlpool. And I just think it's a fabulous brand in the purpose space. A few years ago, they did this research. Their purpose right now is to help families thrive. And they did all this research. And what they learned is that uh, there are students who are reluctant to go to school because they have dirty clothes and they're unable to clean them. They have they don't have resources for washer and dryers. And, and as a result, they're going to school with these clothes, same clothes on, and they're they're being bullied by kids. And as a result, they're not even showing up at showing up at the at school. So Whirlpool, wow. through its research, got wind of this, and they installed washers and dryers not, for not only these students but for teachers who may have needed them. And it's made a huge difference. And so I got a couple of stats here. Absenteeism at the schools dropped, have dropped 43% as a result of this program. Engagement with these same students has increased 89% right. as a result. And then Whirlpool has witnessed a 70% increase in sales leads, in purchase intent. So for all those skeptics out there who still believe that a purpose doesn't drive growth, here's a perfect example of why it does because they have, they have their purpose, they, they've stayed the course, they found something that latched onto that's right for their brand, they're in their swim lane, which is so important. And as a, re as a result, we've seen, these great, we've seen some great results from Whirlpool. And it's amazing because they've led with the purpose and the sales followed. Yes. And essentially, to your point, they stayed the course or authentic in how they were delivering that purpose. Hey, we're pillars of the community. We want to serve the community. It was an insight that we uncovered in terms of these students and these teachers who were being, were being excluded or bullied because their clothes weren't clean. They altruistically 
uh, provided those washer and dryers to those schools for those students to clean their clothes. And as a direct result, as a corollary, again, absenteeism went down, engagement yeah. went up. And as a byproduct, you can, you hit the nail on the head. Consumers are seeing, again, they're authentically delivering on their purpose. They're authentically being members of the yes. community that they serve. And guess what? I want to buy a Whirlpool product because that's going to fuel more of that purpose-driven activity in the community. And more than that, as Eric, they want to work for those brands. Or they want to, and they want and, to work for those brands. And exactly. they're willing to take a cut and pay to work for those purpose-led brands. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing if you can get it right, what it means just to the employee base and to your culture alone. Because as an employee, you're saying, wow, wow, I'm working for an organization. Sure, they pay me a biweekly paycheck. And sure, I'm, the work that I'm doing is fulfilling. But look at this, it's something that's bigger than any one of us and how we're serving the community. I want to be part of that, which I think, which, which at least for the listeners, for us can it, come, it comes through loud and clear by, again, by, by spending the time to define your brand purpose, infusing that brand purpose through and have it pervade all the corners of your organization. The impact is immeasurable because of all the good that's being done exactly. uh, stems from that purpose. One thing I want to end this conversation on is, as I told you, when we we're getting for ready for this conversation, is that, that the Worthy for 30 platform is to elevate the stories you can, the industry leader who is doing good while doing well. And by empowering those individual CMOs and executives on how they're doing good while doing well, because again, they're articulating their brand purpose because how important it is to be of service to the communities that they serve. So with that, Ken, again, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Incredibly insightful. We can we can go on for much longer. But, and as I said, and some of the other resources that, that Ken mentioned during our conversation, I'll include in the conversation notes. And if there are any questions, you know, Ken can be, uh, we can contact you through LinkedIn, Yes. your email address, please let us know what's the best way if anyone has questions or wants to learn more. They can reach me via email at brandpurpose at ana.net or via LinkedIn. Okay. Excellent. Ken, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. And as I mentioned, this conversation will be going up on the website in the next so week or two. And again, any questions, again, yeah. Ken will let you know where to go and then event that those questions or want to learn more comes about. So Great. again, thank you. Thank you, Eric. I really appreciate you allowing me to talk about the center about all things purpose. I'm very passionate about it. And it's it sure seems like you are as well. Yeah, 100%. And it definitely comes through. I think, again, <laughs> I have to bring my my enthusiasm up just based on the conversation. So thank you. Great. Thanks. Have a great Thanks. one.